to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering Menu Food and Drink for both brands. Today I'm chatting with Christina Suarez, the newly promoted Corporate Beverage Director for Cush Hospitality Group, a collection of eight concepts in the Miami area. Christina began her bar journey at 18, transitioning from a Hooters server to a bartender within a few months. She then moved on to hotels, learning the art of making cocktails, staff management, training techniques, and other operational skills. The self-taught bar girl, a name she is now proud to call herself even at age 30, Christina oversees the beverage program at the diverse restaurants in the Cush Hospitality portfolio where she is given a lot of leeway to unleash her creativity. Listen to how she taps her Cuban-American heritage to create unique drinks, elevates and differentiates the bar at each of the eight Kush concepts, spreads her passion for hospitality, and never stops learning. Welcome, Christina. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So let's start by you telling me a little bit about your journey in the food and beverage industry to get where you are today. Yeah, so um, I mean, we have to backtrack a couple years. So um, right when I was 18, I started, um, I got my first restaurant um, job. It was actually at Hooters, which is, you know, very kind of corporate restaurant chain. I needed a job. Uh, to pay for school. So I started off there as a server. And then within a few months, I uh, became a bartender. And ever since that, I kind of never left the bar. I really fell in love with that aspect of the restaurant, you know, being able to uh, make drinks and see every the whole entire restaurant, like enjoy it and know that you're kind of part of every table. Then little, little by little, I started, I just wanted more responsibility. So um, I would get with my managers to, you know, like help with inventory, things like that. And then um, I ended up becoming a corporate trainer for Hooters of America. So I was part of the opening teams for um, any new Hooters in South Florida. So I was, I opened up Coral Way, I opened up Hialeah. And, you know, just kind of did the training for that, which was very cool for the age that I was at at that moment. And that was kind of like my history with Hooters. Then um, after that, I went to Starwood. It was a hotel lobby bar, but it was very fun, very energetic. They had a lot of um, caterings and banquet events and stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I bartended there and yet again, slowly but surely, I became the bar manager. And then I ended up taking over all of uh, food and beverage for a loft and element because it was a multi-complex, mm-hmm. um, which was fun. It was like so nerve wracking, you know, <laughs> being part of like hotels. And um, I was probably around 22, 23 at that time. So wow. to that's amazing yeah yeah to kind of be named food and beverage manager there I was like wow I really learned a lot when it came to like menus creating cocktails costs operations and then after that I kind of wanted more volume more fast-paced Miami so I went to Nikki Beach I became their bar manager 
And I worked as, as a floor manager as well, but mainly behind the bar, you know, that was more admin of like scheduling events and, and kind of just uh, making cocktails and just kind of streamlining everything. And at that moment was pretty much where I learned a lot with becoming a buyer, inventory control in mm-hmm. a mass, you know, very big volume in South Beach. It was a great time. And then I kind of wanted to take a little break. You know, it's very high pace, everything jumping from one to the next to the next. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, I actually applied for Kush and um, they didn't have any management openings at the time. And I was really looking for management, uh, kind of getting out of the bar because I knew if I was going to be like behind the bar, I was going to be there for for a while. And I really loved more of the operations side. Mm-hmm. So later on, you know, they they called me back, which I was like, wow, I, I can't believe you even remember. <laughs> um, I did an interview. I interviewed with Matt, with uh, Zuni and Lori, which were um, directors at that time. I got the job and I was very clear with Matt that I just wanted to sharpen my skills not just behind the bar. I was always kind of like the bar girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be an overall um, well-rounded manager. So um, with Kush, you know, it's making sure you know every position, every position in the kitchen, in the restaurant, everything. Um, and that's really where I felt I grew a lot, um, mm-hmm. professionally, personally. Um, and I've been with Kush for about three years and a half. And, you know, and until he retires, I don't think I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many restaurants does Matt have now? Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, we have about eight concepts at this moment. Oh, um, and I like to say concepts because at, in the beginning, it was just like restaurants, like craft beer. So Locale was the first location in Coconut Grove. And that was just craft craft beers, great food. Then came Kush Winwood, which was also very craft beer forward with food. Mm-hmm. I would say way more on the craft side. Um, you have Attached, which was La Botanica, that, that was kind of very intimate. We would do like home brewing segments where we would find home brewers in the area. And that's how we kind of met a lot of the big names of craft beer right now in Miami, like Tripping Animals, Jay Wakefield, um, Bee Culture. Um, they started off like kind of like when we were starting off. So it's yeah. kind of like, hey, you know, chain, you know, like kind of grab each other and let's move with this. Then came Kush by Spillover, which was the first one with a liquor program. And that's a little bit more seafood forward, but still a wonderful liquor program um, and still craft beer. Of course, there, there can never be Kush without craft beer. Mm-hmm. And then we just start kept on growing. We opened up Kush Hialeah, which was a, our deli style type of Kush, oldest Jewish deli in Miami, actually. So kind of revamping that uh, attached to that's La Cocina which is Hylia's first mixology bar, which was kind of mm-hmm. cool <laughs> to do. We did Cafe Kush, which is kind of like a French inspired, then Don's Five Star under it, which is like just a dive, a cool dive bar in the area. Tobacco Road was born. Um, I actually opened up as general manager of Tobacco Road, um, which was 
amazing to me. It was my favorite so far. I love all of them, but that one was really cool because it was my baby. Right. It is. And now I'm just very excited for Clevelander. That's been a project for about a couple months now, and I'm kind of seeing the finish line, and I can't wait to open it. Yeah, that's great. So what kind of concept is Tobacco Road? Do they do a so, lot of beers too? Yeah, so Tobacco Road is act- was actually the oldest liquor license in Miami, dating to 1912. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, they closed down in 2014. Um, I know that Patrick, which is the owner of Tobacco Road, and Matt were talking about it since then, like, let's partner up, let's open, let's open. You know, things happen, COVID happened, and COVID was actually a jumpstart to that. Um, we ended up going into the store, which was River Oyster Bar, very um, iconic place as well in Miami. They moved to a different location, which Patrick owned, and that was like an empty spot. And they were like, hey, do you want to open up Tobacco Road there? So we all agreed and we did it. And it's very, I like to say, dive chic. It is in the Brickle area, right in the epicenter of Brickle. Mm-hmm. So I kind of see it as like, you know, you see the beautiful buildings of Brickle and they're so great. And then you see this green little building, one story building. It says Kush, Tobacco Road. And it's just kind of like the neighborhood bar that everyone wants mm. to go to. You could show up in sandals. You could show up in heels before or after. Like, it's kind of like that spot. And that's my cool. favorite thing about Tobacco Road. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And you um, learned a lot about mixing drinks along the way. I'm sure you don't want, I know you don't want to be considered bar girl, but. (laughs) Oh, no. Now I hold that title very, very proud. (laughs) Because it's, I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot of great skills and made a lot of great drinks. So what were some of the ones that, you know, stand out as your favorites? Oh, wow. Um, That's a long list, which I'm very happy to say. Um, (laughs) The thing with Kush and working for Kush Um, that's my favorite part is, you know, being able to have that creativity freedom. So I feel like when someone says Kush and they enter a Kush, whichever one, they're like, oh, Christina made that cocktail, you know? So that makes me proud. Um, One of my favorites at this moment, I love Mezcal. Mezcal's, you know, just very trending right now. Mm -hmm. And um, it's still trending in Miami. So one of my favorite cocktails that I made, which is in Tobacco Road now on the menu, is called Beat Around the Kush. (laughs) So um, my kitchen manager was like, hey, I have like this leftover beet juice can you do something? And I was like, all right, challenge accepted. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, what goes good with beets, you know, kind of like tapping into what, what are the flavor profiles, the components, what would go well. So I added my favorite spirit, mezcal, then some lime, some ginger beer, and lo and behold, came out to be great. And it was, it's my favorite drink because it's kind of an introductory to mezcal. Some people don't know about it yet. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, okay, well, you know, if you like tequila, it's agave based. So you you might want this, might be put off by the smokiness. But, you know, if you work with a good brand, there's certain like brands that have spirits that have more of a smokiness, more peppery. So I went with Ojo de Tigre, which is a great mezcal for me. 
And it's kind of like that, that nice, um, smoky, but not too overpowering. So it makes me feel really good when people order it and they're like, wow, you know, like I would have never thought I liked a drink with beet juice and mezcal. So kind of turning people into that. It even sounds a little healthy because you get the beet juice with the- You know what? That's what I do tell people when they're <laughs> like, oh, you know, I'm kind of like trying to like, you know, watch my weight. I'm like, well, look, you could drink your vegetables in the day with this drink and not feel too bad. <laughs> well, it sounds like you really um, learned a lot about mixing drinks along the way. Did you ever take like a mixology course or, you know, go to Tales of the Cocktail or any of that to learn some more, you know, pick up some more pointers? You know what? I, I, I've always been very self-taught. I never went to bartending school or anything like that. It was kind of just more fueled by just seeing people's reactions. Like I like, that's what I live for. I love hospitality. You know, I want them, I want you to be, want it to be a memorable experience when it comes to food and drinks. And if the drink is good, the food is good. The ambiance is good. The service is great. It's kind of like, you know, that's the whole point. So I, started researching like everyone like you know luckily the internet has everything you need so I would go on YouTube I would go on you know even books like that chefs use like flavor flavor profiles what goes good with this fruit what goes good with this vegetable I love podcasts actually and um, I listen to various podcasts of people all around the world sharing their knowledge and Um, With different techniques I've used, you know, from high volume places to, you know, lobby bars are more quiet, more speakeasy, Um, even with Kush, you know, just learning the operation side and just like how to build it my way, how I feel behind the bar works. I feel like all that knowledge is just something that I picked up with over time just from being so passionate about it. Yeah. And I guess you have to train the bartenders at each location too, yeah. to make these drinks. So that that must be challenging for someone who's as young as you, because I'm sure a lot of them are a lot older. Yeah. You know, um, I've, I've ran into quite a few of those, especially in my younger years of, you know, having these big, great titles. It was a little bit intimidating at first to be a young woman, um, Hispanic woman too, to be teaching people that they're like, hey, I've been bartending longer than you've been born or something, you know, but I feel like, you know, once they see the passion and they see how we want to go into that common goal of making a good drink, you give me your knowledge, your tips. I give you what I think, what I know, let's mash them up together. And I think that's what always made every spot that I've worked with, with employees and teaching them kind of just fun. You know, I, I don't hold myself in a pedestal like, oh, I know the most because I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I think every day you learn something new. So incorporating that and just kind of um, putting the basics in their brain and then seeing how they flourish. You know, I have a lot of bar babies out there that I like to say, like, I'm like, Hey, you know, they, they kind of move on after, you know, they train, they work. And I like seeing them in other bars and seeing how they just grow. So it's, it's very fun. It's a reward. I love that bar babies. That's so cute. Uh- <laughs> 
So how does your Cuban American heritage play into some of the, you know, work that you do either at the bar or as far as your managerial skills go? Oh, well, definitely I would say you see a lot of my Cuban heritage in my cocktails. I love spirit forward cocktails, but you know, in Miami, it's a different demographic. They want, you know, you want the tropical vibes. You want um, drinks that you could just crush easily under the sun, refreshing. So I feel like incorporating tropical fruits. I grew up picking mangoes from a mango tree, you know, on my dad's shoulders if we saw <laughs> one. So, you know, getting like mango, getting like uh, tahine, different spices that you don't really see that you see more in the Hispanic cultures. My first drink was rum, you know, so mm-hmm. my dad always drank rum till this day is, you know, Cuba Libres for life. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually the first cocktail I learned how to make. And I feel like um, that's a big influence for me. Just those tropical vibes of making stuff that are fruity because my mom doesn't really drink that much. She likes very fruit forward. So mm-hmm. that's where, you know, you kind of just mix it all up. And um, I feel like it in Miami, you really see a lot of that culture, you know, right. using exotic fruits like guava, passion fruit and things. Are you doing any without alcohol that have like the same flavor profiles? But I know a lot of customers are asking for low alcohol or alcohol free cocktails now. Yeah. So I love that trend right now because I feel like, you know, people think that when they go to the bar, the whole point is to, you know, drink as much as you can. And, you know, it's not about that. It's about having a balanced cocktail, having to be refreshing, not getting so drunk and that you don't remember I want it to be a memorable experience so yeah like how do I say it? it's it's kind of just the that's just the way I kind of incorporate it mm-hmm. yeah so do you just take the alcohol out of some of your favorite tropical yeah drinks? I, I do that usually so for example if they want you know they're like hey I, I kind of want something fruitier or like a mojito I try to get that base cocktail that they kind of want and just take out the alcohol from it or make it a low proof. Um, A lot of things that are trending right now are mixed instead of, you know, using two ounces of a spirit, like for a margarita, you could actually use like, you could kind of uh, split base is what you call it. So just cutting that margarita, that tequila in half. And adding, you know, like a sherry, uh, kind of like a wine base to kind of Mm. lower the proof, but still make it taste like, oh, wow, it's a good margarita. Or if you want to just completely zero it out, there's so many fresh natural juices um, that you could use, Um, even like kombucha, something Mm. that I really enjoy. You know, they have so many fun flavors incorporating kombucha and a lot of awesome non-alcoholic mixers like fever tree q you know kind of making it into like a punch and and things like that is something that um i think is really cool because i feel like uh culturally we're kind of a little bit more health motivated and you know you want to go to a bar and just because you don't want to drink you don't want to feel singled out so i Mm -hmm. like I, we have zero proof cocktails in all our menus. So that's like a nice balance that we have. Definitely. Yeah. 
Are, are you doing happy hours at the concepts now? I know like some places, I'm in New York, and a lot of places have sort of ramped up their happy hours since the pandemic, and they're doing, you know, more food at them, or they're making them longer. What's the story with happy hours down in Miami and with Kush? So uh, with Miami, what I typically, I typically do the standard of um, Monday through Friday, right when you're getting out of work and you don't want to be stuck in traffic, you want to walk to your neighborhood bar, you'll see a cush be there. So uh, typically our happy hours are like from five to seven or four to seven, depending what area or location. And um, we offer like uh, discounted prices on our, on our specialty cocktails. We have like drafts on for 50% off and some food, of course, some bites. I know that it's it's a little bit trickier now. Happy hour, kind of like, oh, you think like it's a buy one, get one free. I, I definitely think we're stemming out of that mm-hmm. and more of, hey, look, this is the cocktails that we want you to have try us like try Kush, try one of our specialty cocktails, but in a discounted price so that you don't have to just stick with the, oh, okay, you know, whatever vodka I have on special. Um, and that's kind of like what I like to do. Um, and also still, you know, offer craft beers and wines and, and some of our signature dishes in a smaller format. So you're trying to familiarize customers with some of your specialty drinks by... Yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, I don't I don't want to just go somewhere just because it's a discounted price or a cheap price to get a, you know, a rum and coke and a vodka soda. Um, I want to experience that restaurant so that, yeah, like when I do decide on a Friday night or Saturday night or a special event that I want to go to eat dinner that weekend, you know, I could be like, hey, well, you know what? I had that for for a discounted price, but it was so good. I'm willing to pay the full price and experience it. And how about the food? What are some of the, you know, happy hours, like nibbles, I guess, that that you're serving? Oh, so every location is a little bit different, but I'm name you some of my top ones. Um, At Kush by Spillover in Coconut Grove, um, we have this wonderful roasted buffalo collie. So you just get this ginormous buffalo collie. Uh, you put buffalo, our homemade buffalo sauce, you roast it, then we drenched it, we drench it in our homemade blue cheese. And it's just something that it's like almost a healthy alternative to wings. <laughs> you know, in a sense, that's one of my staples. They also have oysters on discount, which who doesn't, you know, love oysters? If yeah. you love food. <laughs> um, besides that, you also have like in Kush Hialeah, we have amazing croquetas. So um, we have like pastrami croquettas and just awesome, you know, food as well. Um, We have like these core, these pastrami nachos, which who doesn't, who doesn't want to eat some nachos when you're drinking uh, (laughs) happy hour. In Tobacco Road, we have what we call like a hobo Frito pie. So we open up a bag of Fritos and we just pour chili, cheese and onions on top and that just sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So it, they all sound really awesome. I mean, it, the food seems to match the concept and and the drinks that you're. So everything goes together. Yeah, we we try. 
So it sounds like you're really skilled at the operational aspects of running a bar. So how do you balance like the creative and business sides of your job, especially in your new job? How will you be doing that as, you know, corporate beverage director? Because you have a lot of responsibility now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's challenging, but I, I embrace it. Um, it's fun. I can't say it's a solo thing. It's not just me. One thing about Kush is we operate and work as a team. And it's a team effort between um, directors and managers from, from the top to the bottom. I always like to say I do the boring part. I do the numbers, you know, I, I cost out the cocktail. I contact, you know, different people. I see what would maybe go best. I use, I try to just use my knowledge as a base and kind of uh, teach the other managers to do the same. So I feel like I don't want to take away their creativeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to mash up our creativeness. So that's cool because I don't feel so much responsibility of, oh, I need to come up with 10 cocktails. I It feels more like, okay, well, I could come up with a few cocktails and they have the skills to kind of be like, hey, well, Christina, what do you think about this cocktail? And that's one thing I love to do, like part of my job, like go to one of the bars and when they see me, they're like, hey, Christina, I'm, I was thinking about this cocktail. What do you think? Can I make it for you? I'm like, absolutely. And, you know, and that's where a lot of ideas come in and kind of that interaction that operationally business side, it's not just numbers. It's about creativity. It's about how cool, what, what's the cool, what's the wow factor of the cocktail besides, you know, it being good. Cause, um, our, our cocktails are very um, eccentric when I say garnishes, you know, we like to be fun, funny, creative and incorporate Miami heritage in it. So I feel like I have a lot in the creative aspect, but I still have a lot in the operations. Um, and, you know, like some weeks are more creative, some are boring where it's like, all right, crunchy numbers, you know. <laughs> But I think it's a good balance. And hopefully, you know, as as it progresses in this role and as we progress with opening more spots and restaurants and bars, you know, um, it's good to have a, a awesome team behind us to kind of just keep it going and flowing. Right. Well, that segues really well into my next question, because you're doing you're creating the program now for the Clevelander South Beach Hotel. Yes. And when is that supposed to open? Um, so hopefully everything's going to be rocking and rolling by September. Yeah, so it's right there. You know? <laughs> this is the exciting, uh, I would say, the two weeks of anxiety of, okay, do we put it in this cup or the this other cup type of thing? Um, the really nitty gritty details of it. Um, and and I, I'm excited. I can't wait. We're actually going to start training uh, some of the staff at Clevelander next week to kind of um, mash up our our talents together. You know, they're talented bartenders with our creative and talent, talented team just combined into one. Like I said before, you know, it, it takes it takes a whole team to get this one thing done. It's not just like, oh, this person did everything. It's exciting um, and to physically teach them and see and absorb. And I'm excited. 
Are you creating any new cocktails for that venue? Yes, yes. Um, I actually just finished the menu. Um, just to give you a little bit of sneak peek, basically the aim for the Clevelander bar program, what inspired me was Miami. I mean, that is Miami. You're on Ocean Drive. You smell the ocean from the location. So I think about light, refreshing, you know, different, different, uh, like I said, tropical, tropical. You want to be sipping a pina colada there, um, you know, but sometimes it's a little bit too heavy. Maybe you don't want a frozen drink. So whatever the Clevelander side has, they do a lot of frozen drinks. I'm kind of bringing the stirred cocktails into the building, um, you know, stirring cocktails, but still with a little bit of fruit. One of my favorites is going to be a it's a Aperol spritz. Mm. Um, but of course I want to add some tropical vibes. So that one is actually, um, the Aperol, I infused it with strawberries for 48 hours. So you get like a nice sweetness to it, um, with the citrus. And then we're adding passion fruit in it Mm. with, you know, with some bubbles and it's going to be, I think that's my top one. I hopefully everyone enjoys it as much as I do. Well, I'm a big Aperol Spritz fan, so oh, I'm to try that. <laughs> I really <love> incredible. <laughs> so aside from the Clevelander, which is just like in a few weeks, what else are you looking forward to, you know, both personally and professionally in the year ahead? Wow. I mean, I this is my dream job. I I didn't if you asked me five years ago. I wouldn't even have mentioned like, oh, okay, beverage director. Um, It wasn't even in my thought process. I thought like, okay, manager, restaurants, hotels, things like that, operations. But one thing that that Matt, the owner of Kush, um, engraved in my brain was, you know, Christina, you're not just talented, you know, behind the bar and doing those things. Like, you have a really good personality and, and you love to share your knowledge and and you excel in training, which is something I never really like thought about myself. But when he told me that it was kind of like a light bulb, I was like, wow, yeah, I am. So getting the position of beverage director really puts me in that training mode. Like I don't have, you know, I am the top of the top. I am the leader. So instead of, you know, going to someone else, it's like, I'm teaching them everything I know and more. So um, I think as we're going to continue to grow. I mean, I don't think I know we're going to continue to grow. So it's kind of, I'm looking forward to really just bringing the, the programs to the next level because we've always been known for craft beer. And now that we've had, we have so many other liquor licenses and bars opening up I really think we're we're just in the beginning of showing our talents as Kush Hospitality for craft cocktails, not just beer. So taking that to the next level, and you even mentioned Tales of the uh, of the Cocktail, which you know, hopefully in the future, that's kind of one of my goals to bring Kush Hospitality in there to kind of just leveled it out and just be like, hey, guys, we're not just cool craft beer. (laughs) Thanks so much, Christina. Your passion is definitely contagious. Please join us next time as we explore more food and drink trends on menu feed. You can download this episode and past ones on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. (music) 